Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's your host, Benny Mac, and we are here Thursday, 17th of March. I'm filling in for our ever-exuberant host, Thane Kirby, tonight. And tonight, well, we have got a show lined up to you. Thanks to our uh, incredible producer. She is watching backstage from the poolside, and it almost looks like some sort of freaky deep fake. I'm not even going to question the authenticity of that background. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, tonight's show is going to be a big show. We've got a special guest. Let's bring him right in. All right. I can read you loud and clear. How, you, how How's your day been? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's busy. Uh, they're, they're always like uh, sort of uh, last minute COVID related Um plans that go awry at the moment so um and at the moment um yeah my my um daughter's daycare got sort of cancelled <laughs> got sort uh-huh. of uh, shut shut down um and so yeah it, it meant for a bit of improv but uh, that was that was sort of my day today and it will be tomorrow so um yeah about, it's yeah, kind that's of the of, nature of the beast, isn't it? It's kind of where we are all at the moment. It's sort of in one way, shape, or another. Our best made plans keep getting unfurled. But tell me about your plans. It sounds like you've been doing a lot of planning the last few years and plans and brands. Um, you're the marketing guru. Share your knowledge. Just start downloading relevant knowledge. We'll start asking <laughs> questions, okay? Man, where do I start? Um um, maybe what well, should I? Maybe I'll do a little intro into my background. Maybe that's useful. Um, so um, yeah, so I, I've uh, I've been sort of working in the field of you know um, design, um, art direction, creative direction, and now sort yeah. of working with brands and, and and creating brands. You know, for maybe like between twenty to twenty five years. So I think that my role at the beginning started out. Um, you know, as a designer, I started out a lot of doing work with the music industry. I think yeah. just over time, you know. Growing up in Auckland, and um, and you know it's a small town in a way. Once you you know once you get going and you meet people, and sort of uh, one relationship grows into another relationship, and then so so I've been lucky to have worked on some really great projects over the years as people sort of entrust me with their with their projects. So yeah, so oh, that's a very sweeping sort of like 20, 25 years story with any yeah, no specific story. Now. Okay, so what part of <laughs> Auckland did you grow up in? Where where were you growing up in Auckland or in that twenty five years? I actually I grew up in West Auckland actually, and um, I, I, um, I um yeah I grew up in a mixture of like Henderson, mostly in Tiaratu, and um, oh. actually. Um, I went to I went to school with Simon Bridges actually like we were in high school together. Um, oh my god! So he was a couple of years behind me. Uh, he was in my sister's year. So yeah, Tiara too. And then and then after that point, after I started university, I sort of hung out in in, in town mostly. You know, and then yeah, uh, um, hang out with musos a lot, and that's how I got into sort of doing stuff in the music industry. Um, oh, good. So are you are you born here in New Zealand in in West Auckland, or or what sort of uh, where were you born? What sort of what sort of flavor Asian uh, am I? Yeah. So my uh, <laughs> my um my my family is you know so we're Malaysian Chinese and so I was born in cool. Malaysia. My family oh, moved really? over, family moved over in the late eighties, um, which at the time you know there wasn't really like uh, uh, there wasn't the same kind of like sort of uh, size of Asian population in Auckland, and so my my parents right. was my parents uh you know I guess they set up like a. Like a sort of like an Asian food stuff import business, you know, when they couldn't buy the 
the sort of secret sauce that they need for their cooking exactly. and stuff like that. So they decided to bring it themselves, well, which now I know it's pretty ready. easy. And now you oh, get it from New World or anywhere, right? But you know. Oh, well, that's then, awesome. Yeah, yeah well, so exactly, was, you can. So the market's changed and people's flavors and tastes have changed too. But I've actually been to Malaysia and um, that was awesome. Um, probably about, oh, shoot, maybe 10 years ago now. Um, I haven't been there for a very long time, actually. Um, no, 2015, I think. 2015. So not so long ago. ago, you know, but it was great. <laughs> I loved it. We had a great time. Um, went to Ipoh. Ipoh. Ipoh, yeah. I haven't been to Ipoh, actually. But there's this. Oh, um, so my family, we're from KL, and we I grew up in, when I was a little kid in Malaysia, we lived in a small town called Klang, which is by a port. And nice. um, and it's not not very well known. It's got a got quite a great name, Klang. It sounds like a sound yeah. effect or a musical yeah, well, instrument. You know, <laughs> we're typical kids. Um, we were just we were just like trying to get good flights, cheap flights, and just go to interesting mm. places. And we saw a place that looked like iPod, and we said, "Well, let's go to iPod <laughs> and <laughs> see what we find." Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. And cool. um, and 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 my Chinese my Chinese connection was back in 1988, believe it or not. Um, I was lucky enough to go on uh, along with my dad on a business trip, and we stopped off in Hong Kong, and that was um, on the 8th of the 8th, 88. Very right. occasion. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been a big big celebration. I'm not sure. Yeah, what, it was. Uh, what it would have done there, but people buying yeah. some, I don't know, some. Uh, like commemorative uh, license plates so I don't know stuff like that like you know like there's, yeah. there's a part of my family that love all that sort of um, superstitious um, you know sort of uh, good luck stuff right you know so yeah. there's a lot of yeah, merit, it's it's, uh, yeah they do, they really love it don't they it's very um, very famous really the, the infinity because the eight uh, signifies infinity is that sort of part of the significance of it no the 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 the, the 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 thing is uh the the chinese word for eight sounds a lot like the, the like the word for luck i believe so i'm not an i'm not a native yeah. speaker but so that so basically <laughs> that entire thing of like eggs being lucky is operating on the basis of puns essentially if you think about it you know because oh, right. it sounds really similar to that so you go oh therefore yeah. you associate you associate them you know yeah. so um then that's that's the, that's the whole premise of it you know for the same reason that wordplay four yeah four is uh bad luck now because it sounds really close phonetically to uh to the word for death you know for example yeah. so um yeah so that's it's all based it's all based on puns <laughs> oh cool <laughs> you know? so i know that uh well what about um chinese script they've got a form of calligraphy sort of with brushes and and felts or things like that yeah, uh, Chinese script is pictogrammic in nature. So, you know, if you look into the history of the letter forms, which, you know, does have a relationship to, you know, graphic design, which is so my, yeah. my profession for all this time, and that it's, it's it's almost visual in nature, you know. So, for example, the character for Forrest, someone needs to fact check me. Maybe I noticed in some of the credits in your previous shows, you're the fact checker, Benny, so you might have to look this up later. Is that yeah. the character for Forrest, for example, is made of two identical char characters side by side. And yep. it's like the the character for wood. So you get the wood, and then another wood, and you put it together, and it makes forest. You know, so it's a very visual, um, you know, it's a very visual uh, formal language. You know, like if you if you if you trace it back to sort of the the origins of, of certain words and stuff. Like that. I guess it's almost like uh, a the origin original emoji in a way. 
<laughs> That's right. You can, you can say that. Or oh, the wing ding, because the wing ding is the original emoji, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I haven't, because I, I can't, I, I, unfortunately, I, I've forgotten all the, the sort of Mandarin that I learned as a kid, but I, I can't even imagine what it'd be like navigating a, a like a Chinese keyboard, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously, you're, you're, you're piecing these sort of pictogrammic forms together to make sentences. So, um, yeah. I'm sure it operates on an entirely different logic too. Um, yeah, well, it's funny you say that because I think I might have been into an internet cafe occasionally and you'd, you'd have sort of like, I think it'd be like a Chinese character alphabet and there'd be all characters even on the sides of the keys. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no idea yeah. how it works. But yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I, it's, cool. it's on my to-do list to go back to just sort of learning. Yeah. Learning Mandarin to sort of brush up on it and bit rusty. Yeah. So. so branding, this sort of gets us mm-hmm. in a way back to branding because um, my dad actually used a wingding as part of a branding because uh, I guess this was sort of, you know, um, a way to sort of save money, I guess, originally. Right, as a logo. Mm-hmm. Pick a wingding and it was the light bulb light, light for lighting plus. So I don't right. Know you... ah, I, I, I know the Lighting Plus logo. I have it maybe a seared in my head for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, wing it's like a bulb on an angle. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a light bulb and head. it's got the little um, mm. light beams from around it. Mm. I think. That's right. And I uh, yeah, it's very simple. But it looks like we've got a, um, a host. Looks like we've got a, a host with us. Mr. Kirby. Oh, Sorry to, sorry to catch you unawares like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, hi, guys. I have a story about uh, being very late to this interview. But no problem. I've been, uh, I, you know, St. Patrick's Day, I've been drinking the whole day. <laughs> it's going to be for a good interview. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, anyways, nice to meet you. Then we've met before, actually. We've actually worked on a project together years ago. Tell me about it. What, what did um, you do? It was probably like 20 years ago, actually. Like I did an animation for the Georgia Finn Beats Working oh. um, video. Like, you know, the one with the logo sort of like dances around, which I thought was a hilarious thing to do. Or sort of make the beats working, you know, dance around, oh. which, you know, did get used for a few years. But yeah, it's a long time ago. And you probably won't remember. But yeah. I remember going uh, to Georgia Finn. I've got to be honest with you. I don't remember. But (laughs) and I apologise. There is, there is a. You don't have to apologise. I was at the pub today uh, at Temple Bar Bistro on a uh, a uh, what's what's today like Thursday, uh, Saint Patrick's Day, and they were saying like we want to be remembered at the end of the day what will we be remembered by and you know it's like a um a lot of people will be remembered by by certain things you know what i mean you know, yeah i'm gonna be, be remembered by george the other mm. guys gonna be remembered by something else what are you kelvin gonna be remembered by well i like to think i like to think that i'm still writing that um you know like it's a bit like if you're a muso you don't want to feel like a song you wrote 10 years ago is the last sort of good song that you wrote. <laughs> and that, you know, when you're touring 30 years from now, that's the only song people want to hear. Um, but the, that most recent project that we we just did, that we're still looking after, which is called, you know, Boring Oat Milk, you know, that's been, uh, 
um, you know, that's been a, it's been a really sort of like, you know, proud achievement for us in terms of like, you know, doing something that um, helping, you know, our, our friend and client Morgan do something that many said was impossible, which is to build a New Zealand based oat milk company that makes oat milk in New Zealand with New Zealand oats, which hadn't sort of been done before, at least not at scale, right? There's probably going to be a small producer somewhere in a small market that can do that. But uh, it took her three years and a lot of uh, a lot of hard work and slog and doing the impossible. So, um, so yeah, so working with her and launching, launching that that brand uh, actually during lockdown, coming up in August. Yeah. And then I think, um, and I think now I, I heard, I'm not sure, but I think it's it's very quickly either it's about to become the number one oat milk in New Zealand or whether it's sort of on, on on track to get there. So in a really short space of time, you know. And, um, I think they've done very well. So yeah. So, we're, so what we're was proud, how do you, how do you accelerate that? How do you accelerate making oat milks big, big brand? Um, we don't actually focus on like when I so for example, for example when I build a brand from, from scratch. So we're going back to like some of the things that people know that we've worked on. For example, like you know branding for and designed for 42 Below, which sort of was the project yeah. that got me down this path and sort of working with entrepreneurs and, and launching. You know, prior to that, I worked with the music industry, which is how I worked on George FM. And so, yeah. um, and so starting to work on brands, actually thinking about how to launch them in a way that was really meaningful and engaging and memorable. Um, you know, so Stolen Rum or working on Charlie's Juice or, you know, right. or lots lots of brands along the way. Um, how, how, we, how we begin, first of all, is actually just, um, uh, I guess from the common sense of where really really understand the the customer that they're that they're sort of talking to right you know yeah. and I think what motivates us is um, it's sort of a spirit of generosity but also there's a part of me that's like kind of like generous and wanting to give people something of value and to give people something that they can smile about on the other hand I'm like a closeted troll right you know so we're always trying to do something a little bit uncomfortable at the same time and because we're yeah. we're, we're trying to polarize the audience into either they're going to love it or they hate it you know right and and that gives them at least you know if it's going to be 50 percent of an audience it gives them 50 percent of fans to talk to first and be able to grow from there right because the because the worst thing would be to um you know fall in the middle and, and talk to no one you know yeah, and, right, and, right, and, right. And, and an entrepreneur that's starting out they they don't have the the, the capital resources to stick at it for a really long time and not engage anybody you know so they have yeah. to engage someone yeah so we, we just started there as a basis have you put your career on the line and went i fucking love this girl i'm gonna do anything and make it happen uh bring a is there, uh, is there, is there a question <laughs> <laughs> where's this going <laughs> i know is there a scenario where you've gone fuck it you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna make something happen. I should. I do that. I'm not quite sure what the bonus than a question, but I, uh, <laughs> like for every project, we try and go for something. But of course, you know, it's like we, all we can do is like propose different ways of doing things. You know, yeah. and to Morgan's credit, she chose the 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 one idea that was maybe the most interesting, but maybe the most uncomfortable. And she was really excited by the possibility of that idea, which is, you know, boring up milk like from day one. And so, right. and so, you know, and then we sort of like working on it together. Like, you know, it's so, it's a, uh, it, yeah, we don't really, 
work in a vacuum and then and then here you go and, and, and then they run away with it. You know, it's a, it's a very collaborative, sometimes akin to therapy, actually. I sometimes talk to my clients and I go, well, I'm actually trying to understand them because ultimately they have to wear it. You know, they have to um, yeah. drive it on a day-to-day basis. So it's like creating a bespoke race car and go, well, how do you how do you drive? You know, how fast do you drive? You know, and just where do you want to go? You know, all that kind of stuff. What's important to you? Is it is it mileage? Is it speed? Is it performance? You know, so this it's 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 very it's very customized as a as, as a process which is probably why i work I like working with entrepreneurs because you have that face-to-face relationship you know yeah. back in the day when i was starting out i was freelancing for uh certain ad agencies or whatever but you know it becomes a little bit more faceless and a bit more machine because yeah. we don't we don't really know who the client is because we're sort of shielded from from really not hearing what they uh-huh. actually think or say about our work you know yes. with an entrepreneur you see on their faces if they really hate something if you're a good you know, if you're a good read, you know, like yeah. you go, now, yeah, so um, they're, they're, they're this, not liking this at all. The sort of the scope for marketing's changed now, and it's almost like the voice of the brand used to be the headline or the tagline or the the logo or the catchphrase or the theme song, um, and that would always be delivered in a 30 second ad, maybe a newspaper or these sort of predefined ways. And you're giving uh, these brands and products voices, personalities, and um, a, like a face as well, which might not be a human face. The face might just be like the actual bottle or, or the, the mm-hmm. packet. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, things like um, Wendy from Wendy's Hamburgers on Twitter actually talking, becoming a, uh, <laughs> you know. Like Thane Kirby, for example, he's a real brand and he really talks and he's true to who he is. And that's kind of know thyself mantra, which is really kind of what you're coming to. It's like, if you don't know that thyself, this is who I see you as. So uh, accept that's who you are. That's a really good point because I think that brands are not, you know, brands are not logos or, um, you know, or even graphic marks like Wendy's or the brands are essentially, it's like, you know, the, the, the concept of knowing thyself or basically how people know you is the essence yeah. of a brand, you know. So, you know, while you have you have sort of like company brand, corporation brand, when you think of McDonald's or whatever, we also have kind of like personal brands, you know. So your brand is basically what someone, I, I define it as what someone says about you when you're not there, which is maybe a terrifying, perhaps quite a terrifying um, thought. <laughs> and to think, this, Have you heard the one, um, be who your dog thinks you are? No, I've never heard of that before. It's kind um, of like this sort of thing, you know, everyone beats themselves up. I'm a bad guy. I'm an asshole. You know, everyone hates me. What are they thinking about me behind my back? But it's kind of like if you can be who your dog thinks you are, <laughs> you're not so bad after all. Like you want everyone's, best, everyone's best friend, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you don't treat you as long as you're not the guy who's you know kicking the kicking the dog down the stairs or something. Yeah, um, you know, you know, it's kind of. It, but but you were saying um, you are sort of who people think you are. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's right. To to a point because there's a bit of uh, chicken and egg, right? So so on one hand, if tomorrow you decide that um, you're going to be a marathon runner. You know, but you've been yeah. eating like you know cheeseburgers three times a day for like twenty years. It's like, no, yeah. you're not a marathon runner, but but there's still like an external ideal 
and then you start training and so maybe in like yeah. two years time you do it you know you should like yeah. 60 kg you can yeah. so there's a there's a sort of relationship between the internal and the external i guess notion of yeah uh, as an existential question of who one is right so it's the same thing where a brand um and this is something that as part of that sort of therapy process i mentioned before we're always kind of running the checks and balances because there are some aspects to a brand which is aspirational in the sense they go well this is who we're going to be in a year or where we're going to be but they're not yes. there yet and then there are other things that are yeah. very much true about them or their category or whatever today and that's uh -huh. the basis for how we build a brand or a brand story around their truth you know yeah. so um so it's a it's a fine balance and that's where that's why each project is quite bespoke um yeah quite right it's, it's because of that you know like it's um it is a lot like therapy and it was, you don't have a cookie cutter solution for for everyone you'll make my job easier in some ways because you go here you go you know it's it doesn't take long but in, instead it's actually quite a yeah quite, quite a long process actually to get to somewhere yeah. good and interesting right? quite an exploration yeah but you, there was, you, you made a good point a earlier therapist, <laughs> yeah uh, that's my that's my next profession maybe i'll do i that. know you've uh, got a burning question thing or one thing is like, what's it like being a fucking superstar of the whole <laughs> marketing scenario like you must be uh, like a uh, ladies will throwing themselves all over you or <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not as i'm not a superstar at all uh and be, because i think you've had so much know, success though like the success like the, no one like really no one has this amount of success in the short period of time that you've had it yeah i think I, i'm i'm quite i think there's that I, i'm a bit like i tell you what i'm a bit like i'm a bit like um Elton John's yeah. songwriter, right? Yeah. So you know, you don't see me, you see Elton John. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or, so, so I'm the music music producer behind the artist. You know. So yeah. A lot of the time, I don't do these face to face interviews. I, I, within my industry, you know, I'll do talks and you know, I'll do lectures at university stuff like that. You know, which is all good. Yeah. But generally, um, it's not my job. To hog the limelight, you know. So it's, yeah, it's uh, it's when there's a founder, there's a charismatic, amazing, incredible founder behind a project like it is with 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 Boring Milk and Morgan. You know, she has to face the brand. I don't want to distract. You know what I mean? I don't need an yeah. iota of yeah. attention. I'm not sure what that serves. You know, unless I'm yeah. talking to like my peers or I'm talking about design or creativity strategy. So, um, yeah. so no, actually, it's actually it's actually kind of the opposite. Where you know, the more invisible I am. I think in some ways the better I suppose the, my, my question now is is how have you felt knowing that you have this incredible talent and it is like undeniably incredible Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean like like it is right you know so it is incredible like you've got a super talent how does it feel it's it's funny like it i think that um talent is if if i could somehow paint a picture of how hard you know i've i've, I've really worked for yeah the, the time that i've been working because it's like i've, I've seen they've all i've always been surrounded by people who are much more talented than myself you know so i feel yeah. like in the, in the in the 20 or 25 years i've been working I've had to work harder to sort of almost get to a similar outcome, you know. So, and I think that maybe that's partly instilled in me, just you know, family, um, family values or whatever, to sort of you know work hard, etc. But it's um, 
it doesn't really change anything to be honest you know i think it, maybe it just changes your goal so you know you if you sort of feel like you've you've climbed your local um your local mountain then you move on to maybe i'll climb that hill next or that hill next you know so i think if anything maybe the level of ambition or what i think i could do um, you know grows over time right you know and, and yeah. i think i think i tell you what what i think what the 42 below project taught me was that it, it felt like something impossible could be possible you know for for a, a sort of kiwi vodka to yeah um to 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 grow with you know being on the from the inside little to no resources i can say i can anticipate that and just trying to make really incredible content or make um you know make a splash and really engage with um with their audience in a really meaningful entertaining engaging way and to and then to, to scale it out um overseas you know like well something that you know if you think about it in the early early to mid 2000s like that wasn't really something we thought was possible at the time you know you didn't really hear so much now you know you hear these great success stories oh fix peanut butter doing really well or you hear you know like lots more yeah. exports are going out and it's a bit um you know maybe building I've, on I've, the I've of, like to be honest everything that's come out of um Riccardi, everything that's come out of um, anything that um, Mr. Ross has done, maybe incredible. But I said to him uh, at one stage, we were at an awards ceremony, and he was like, Oh my God, I hate awards ceremonies. And I was like, <laughs> I, I hate awards ceremonies too, actually. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really enter awards. Um, I, have, I only started doing it because. It's a way of connecting with my local community, you know. So oh. I don't do it for the reasons people do it, like oh, you know, same thing. It's a network. I, I have no websites. Yeah. Network scenario. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. A network. again, I, I I'm happy to, like I'm happy to be in the shadows, basically, just to do the work, you know, and uh, um, you know, be be amongst my peers. But I think yeah, okay. so that's, this is not about you. This so is your, I'm, your, I'm not very. I'm not. I'm a terrible self promoter. Jeff Ross is sitting next to me. <laughs> I'm sitting next to Jeff Ross. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him for a while, actually. Like, um, yeah, like we worked together on Forty Two Below, but then, yeah, he then started to do other things, and yeah, I, I um, you know, we just, I think that, that sort of original, original alumni started to do different things. Yeah, Bros is sitting next to me. Like, <laughs> there he is, and I'm going, wow. Here we go. What's going on now? And then Jeff Ross goes, if you, Dan Kubi. Guess what's happening next? I'll make any of your dreams come true. I was like, what are you saying? Like, if you can guess the right answer next, fuck it. I'll do whatever <laughs> you want. And I was like, you're joking me. And he goes, absolutely. And I was like, you're joking. So basically, he said to me, if anything happens next, that I kind of go, anyways, I say, he's going to lose. And they were all going to move on, and then boom, it fell into my kind of court. I said, "Oh, she's going to lose," and then we we're moving on. Bingo, bingo, bingo! She lost, and I was like, "I guess I won." <laughs> and then for the last twenty years, I've gone, "I've, I've, I've won." You, you, you see, you know, every time I've seen Jeff Ross. He's like, hey, remember that time we kind of did that deal? And then he's kind of owned it. Is there a chance that you can <laughs> you can speak to this guy and go, hey, this guy is... Like, where is this going? <laughs> <I know. laughs> All I'm saying is, 
Is there an opportunity that you can say, this guy's on his fucking last legs? Can he, please? <laughs> Dane's just recovering from COVID. I think he feels like he's. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I've been drinking the whole day from St. Peter's Day. You're holding up relatively well if you've actually been drinking all day. I am drunk at this time. I'm going to be honest with you. I've just come in and I'm drunk. And sorry about being late as well. Anyway, Jeff Ross promised me a job. Even though I am going to be hideously drunk, but he hasn't come through with it. Anyway. Um, well, I've got a pitch. Oops. I just want to make a quick pitch what it could be. It could be Please. the new campaign for 42 Below. Dane Kirby's the, the principal uh, key star in the show. We duct tape, tape him to a billboard. We change his life, make his wildest dreams come true. No, no, I'll still there and I'll make it. But I just want to say that. I want to thank you very much, Kelvin, for doing the hard work and also the fucking the best creative that has come out of any kind of alcohol brand. Because let's face it, there was no noise coming out of alcohol brands before you guys started making noise. You know what I mean? Like who like what alcohol brand was making a noise before you guys started doing it? It, there was no one. So, Calvin, the, the stuff that you were bringing out with 42 Below and the stuff that you continue to do was a fucking real benchmark thing. You know, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a collective effort for sure. It wasn't, I mean, I was definitely. Who else do you really think? Who else are you going to think, though? I mean, and 42 Below was a really long time ago. So I feel like we are, I, I do feel old when we're talking about a song that I was involved in writing, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Oh, you know, did you and, uh, any <laughs> other names that you want to recall from 20 years ago? From that time? Yeah, absolutely. Who else um, do you like to thank for being that awesome? Thank. <laughs> um, I'll tell you a project from then that relates to a project from now. Yeah. So I'm trying to still bring it to the present day. So again, so uh, I'm not feeling as old as I really am. Is uh, is uh, my, my my good old mate Simon Chesterman? You know who? Oh, Chesterman, and he married so a girl. That's right, uh, Chesterman. And then uh, so Simon Chesterman, really old buddies, and actually we had a company together really briefly in the in the in the uh, early 2000s and. And now we're sort of like partners again because we're co-owners in Metro Magazine, you know. So, so when when Simon, uh, you know, rescued I guess Metro Magazine from the, from 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 sort of some sort of purgatory, I guess you know when when Bao was 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 yeah. putting it on ice, um, you know, uh, I, I decided to to jump on board and to contribute where I can in in, in art direction and design and so on. So, I'm helping us set up some of the visual structures for 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 the magazine. So. So yeah, so he's you know he's someone from that era that's still doing amazing work today, and uh, I think a plug for Metro, the new issue came out today. So, <laughs> and, and Simon was at at the helm for that issue. Um, I can't wait to see uh, what he's done because I, I you know I was a bit too busy to be involved in this issue. So uh, Simon's a great art director too. So yeah, a, bit, a big plug, a big plug for living, Metro magazine. Are you living a great life? Are you living? Are you are you like deep free? Are you are you? How are you feeling? Like, is everything good? You got any stress? Um, yeah, it's okay. I mean, like the I, it's uh, the 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 path of like you know being self-employed and sort of choosing yeah. projects is it's not it's not maybe as straightforward as going work working for the 
for whatever ad agency and stay in there for 20 years, you know? So it's yeah. like, but the, the variability of work and what you learn in the process and the ability to work on projects that literally loses you money, but you, you feel so enriched by, like, you know, doing work, which is in, um, you know, I've done sort of like campaign work, for, for example, like the Breast Cancer Foundation, which is a cause. Um, cool that you know for one or two years did this project um because like you know my my mum my had breast cancer my auntie had breast cancer you know so it's something that is in the, in the family uh, and and the, the ability to i think when you own your own business you can just put your point your resources at a project and go okay guys t today we're doing this right and and then the next day you know we'll do a project for the venice biennial and and for the new zealand artist that's representing new zealand and for the communications and so those are the things that i know that I couldn't dictate if I had gone for a full-time job because you sort of have to buy into whatever the sort of ideology of the the company, you know, like what is yeah. it to, right? So, yeah. so if they want you to work at McDonald's, you have to work at McDonald's. They want you to work on Coke, you work on Coke, you know. Whereas for me, being able to lean in or or, or step away from um, that's actually part of the fun, right? So I think that you know it's being so comfortable, like I'm not like, you know, a squillionaire or anything, you know. So it's like you know, it's it's all right, you know. Um, so I'm I'm happy. I'm still I still love what I do, and I'm still really really hungry as I was 20 years ago, which I didn't think um, would be possible. And even my, our website, it's outdated, and there's nothing there. Like I don't even have time to um, you know being the person in the shadows, like I mentioned. We don't even have a website. The the task of explaining what we do is uh, I find really what about, you know. what about explaining <laughs> that you like you kill me so and that you do homeless shit, you know. Um, <laughs> you know I think I pop up I pop up in certain places I guess, you know. And and my, my clients the, you know, that they're, they're nice to recommend me for certain things or if some of my clients they've seen something that I've done or they sort of I guess with Google you kinda of like put a few keywords in to figure out yeah. who's designed something and sometimes I get a random call because of that, right? I've got a question. Have you heard of the Activate Tamaki Makoto uh, thing where they're giving away like 7K towards your business? It's like you can spend it on digital marketing or business advice and all this kind of thing? No, I haven't actually. But um, yeah. that's, probably, that's probably how I actually got into business, to be honest, because I think I was, when I graduated, I just like, I was still trying to get, you know, get work as an illustrator at the time. And I think I was just on the dole for like two years. I think there was like some sort of um, incentive scheme where, you know, the government or maybe it was through work and income or whatever they say. If you start a business, you know, like you get a small grant and you kind of get going. And so for yeah. me, I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll just stop trying to, you know, get the illustration stuff going and have a go. So um, yeah. if it's anything like that, I'm sure someone would appreciate the leg up as I did, you know, sort of 20, yeah, um, yeah, 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. What about yeah. marijuana? <laughs> Random. What, what about it? <laughs> what about when it's legalized? I'm sure those projects will come to us. Like, hey, can you do branding? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like, and I don't even drink that often, so it's not like we are actively looking for alcohol-related projects. We certainly have done a lot of beverage projects. So you know, evening up, uh, evening up the scales, right? You got oat milk, you got juice, and all that stuff. So that's you know. Are you like? Come. Do you expect to be a millionaire? Like, do you expect to be? A like, is there an expectation on your family that you are going to be naturally rich? Well, I don't really define my goals, you know, maybe for better or for worse by, you know, by financial wealth, you know, but um, I think we're doing okay, you know, like, 
um, yeah, I, I don't know how to really talk about that, to be honest. It's yeah. Like, so I, I, yeah, I, I expect to be, I expect to be, I have, um, I have a lot of confidence, you know, in yeah. sort of my ability to, um, you know, to be okay. I think, you know, it's maybe looking back at, you know, when I started being, uh, being self-employed, I just sort of somehow just, you know, you're trying to keep your, you know, keep your sort of chin above water as far as your yeah. income and your expenses and you sort of make it work, you know, and um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm not a particularly astute um, financial planner, if I'll, if I'll be honest. Um, but just, yeah, just sort of keep rolling, rolling forward. What, what um, knocks your confidence? What knocks my confidence? Hmm. Maybe not much. Maybe because I'm older. Maybe not not much knocks my confidence in that. If I, you know, with the self knowledge, yeah. and you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses. There's a confidence yeah. in the knowledge that. When you make a mistake, I know I've made a mistake. So it's not so yeah. much a knock to confidence as I know I stuffed up. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, Whereas you I think sort of get get to. I find that I've got to a stage with my work where you're just sort of an autopilot. You kind of know what you're doing. You're mm. confident in your role, the task that you're trying to achieve, mm. and quite often you sort of already processed it all through your head before you're actually doing it in real world or having that conversation. So, I think when you're when you're younger, yeah, sorry, jump in. Uh, when, when, when you're younger, you're right. I think yeah, when you're you know, younger, it's different. When you're younger, I think you're sort of, I don't know what it is, right? Like you want to feel like you're okay, or that you're thought of as being good, or you know, there, there's so much that's I think externally, um, externally um, focused, you know, in terms of yeah. your peers and stuff. And after a certain point, you get old. And then you care less about it, or that you know your sort of values shift. Well, you know? And so I think, now I mean, I think, I'm I'm my own worst critic. So yeah. for me, everyone would go, "Oh man, that's amazing!" But if I'm not happy with it, I'll still you know I'll lose sleep. I think there's it, huge right? huge strength in identifying mistakes and learning from them. Mm. And I think as you become older, you do that automatically. You don't see everything as a big problem. You think, "Oh, I know I can fix anything effectively," and. Um, yeah, I came up with a motivation sort of system a few years ago. It was uh, seek to aspire. So you look for something you aspire to. Uh, the second step is learn to fail because you're going to fail. So learn to fail well and then you can uh, have some spectacular failures and, and then your recovery comes better. And the third step is succeed to win. <laughs> I have one that's similar. It's not quite as crystal, crystal, crystal clear in my head as the way you explain yours, <laughs> which is like, which is like I know I know I'm in a good place if if I feel fearful and, and what I mean by that is not so much to be sort of burdened by fear or anything but it's more that I I put myself in situations where I have sufficient emotional personal investment that it concerns me you know because I think my yeah. worry is that it's that everything's too cruisy too easy breezy and you just sort of coast through and that you stop taking these personal risks you know so I think for example going back to you know the the, um, the boring oatmeal project is that there was a lot of um, not like fear fear but I was certainly very concerned at the time and like I, I know that it would work for a small group of people I didn't know if it would resonate with a broader group of people you know so I think they were just like is it a bit negative like is it will people understand where we're coming from so and so on yeah so like it's a bit like you know if you're an artist and you are nervous and you're and you're sweating bullets because you're putting out a song and you really don't want people to you don't, you don't want the credits to rip it to shirts or whatever. It means yeah. it's a reflection of your personal emotional investment, you know. And yeah. so, so I think for me to put to feel the fear in a, in a good way 
is one of those things that I keep searching for. And with that, um, did Dan just take his shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, uh, well, somewhat distracted by that. Yeah, he, he, Sorry, guys. He, yeah. he does have issues regulating his culture. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's why he, he tried living in Bali. And uh, I did. Yeah. So we can. <laughs> You look yeah. comfortable, Thane. That's all I could say. Thank you very much. You look very comfortable. Turn on the heat pump, mate. Turn on the heat pump. <laughs> Hold on. But you know what? I um I really agree about putting yourself in a situation where you're going to fight your way out. You know, that is good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still try because I think it's very easy to go through a life cycle of like, okay, well, I've been doing twenty years, and so I can start to be comfortable here, whatever. But I'm still yeah. pushing. Pushing What's and learning like things so const- constant. What's it like to have so many fucking goals? Or like so many great stuff. Like you have, you've got so much great stuff going on. You know, you, you got so many wins. What's the pressure like? You're always under like, oh my God, this is a guy mm. that did this. He did that. He did this. He did that. He's from that. I mean, there must be so much pressure. How do you deal with that pressure? Um, I don't feel the pressure to be honest. I mean, the pressure is really when you've got like not enough time to do a project, and then uh, you find out someone's a close contact of COVID and they can't come into work, and then yeah. you know, like that's that's the that's the real pressure we feel is when we're like just trying to do the impossible in you know time or not having the resources. Yeah. But in terms of me personally, the pressure I don't really, I don't yeah, I don't feel the pressure. Again, I think it's just through experience and old age or whatever. But I sort of. Yeah, I, I, there's no challenge that sort of phases me, I guess, you know, when it comes to, at least within the industry and the stuff that, that, I, that I'm doing at the moment. Um, but it's just trying to push myself to keep trying, finding new modes of expression. Um, because I think that, you know, because we're always erring on the side of generosity as far as like entertaining people or, you know, yeah. giving someone a smile when they go into the supermarket or whatever, wherever the, the, the product is that we're working yeah. on, um, is, is we're always looking for what's going to be surprising next. It's a bit like, you know, if I decide to go into it, and I might do one day, like going to film. If you see a new film being released in a particular genre, you don't want to feel like you've seen that film already. Like you feel like a real, you know, you feel really ripped off, right? If you yeah. spend two hours watching a film and you go, oh, man, this is exactly the same as that other film I watched yeah. two years yeah. ago, you know, pretty much. So within genre, you go, yeah, I've got a, I've got a bit of an appetite for a, a rom-com or I feel like a, you know, I feel like an action movie to it, whatever genre. You want to feel like they've added some value to that genre and your experience so you walk away feeling quite satisfied right? and okay. so i think the the tension and the, maybe the challenge or maybe the pressure if you like thing is that with so much that have gone before and maybe the visibility of so much that's being made in the world at your fingertips you know online the pressure is really like where can you go next when so much has been done already you know and right. so the and, and, you know doing yeah doing something 20 years ago is a quite a different climate to 2022 right and just trying to yeah. create something that is genuinely fresh or different or whatever you know so um in, in whatever field right whether you're a filmmaker you're a musician um you're a person that creates how do you feel about the industry do you like the industry or do you hate the industry the industry yeah it depends on which industry you mean because obviously the design industry you know like mm. the local community um that's cool we have a you know we have an organization that you know uh, looks after the awards and you know the, the awards competitions and stuff and that's a sort of mechanism through which we interface with each other and catch up, find reasons yeah. to catch up and have drinks and stuff right um 
But design is local. There, there, there are some excellent, excellent designers and design studios in New Zealand. And I think that the kind of way that we know, we see a lot of in New Zealand is heavily tied to what's of, I think, economic interest to the country, right? So you think of agribusiness, you think of like beverages, you think of like dairy or, you know, so naturally there's a sort of flow of capital that means that there are projects with budgets attached to them. And so you see a lot more of that kind of work as opposed to, you know, hey, what's the, what's the you know, uh, design for some new film or whatever because our, you know, our film industry is not as real, as resource as like maybe big dairy or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, yeah, so I think, but there's some excellent work coming out of New Zealand um, in, in that sector, like with consumer branding, uh, you know, stuff in, stuff in grocery, uh, fast moving consumer goods, like some excellent, excellent uh, work uh, coming out of New Zealand because of, I think, because we have so much of that kind of work. And whereas yeah. contemporaries, contemporaries in New York, you know, like my friends, that, they go, oh, I go, what are you working on? They're like, oh, we're doing a, you know, catalog for the moment, right? So we don't have those kinds of projects, like a really fancy big art catalog project, but we have a lot of like, there's a new, there's a new um, RTD going to market next year and we're doing the packaging for that. So there's a lot more of that kind of work or, you know, um, you know, new wellness products and lots of entrepreneurs having a go, you know, that's, that's just yeah. part of the New Zealand DNA, right? To sort of, you know, it just is. To, to, to yeah. carve your own way and stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah, have that independent success story mm. that everyone dreams about their family homegrown business. Yeah. And uh, it's a hard slog, bro. Like uh, I've seen my my clients, you know, they you, you have to, and even when Jeff Ross, we're going back to, you know, not that we're talking about Jeff Ross today as a, as a muse, but you know, he, you know, you, you just have to be so mono focused on the thing when you're on it, you know, because it's, mm. uh, it's it, it's it's a, it's sort of all consuming, I think. Well, Jeff, Entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship is another well, thing. Would call now? Would he take my call now? Yeah. I guess so, but maybe in a kind of oh, you know, what what have you been up to? Let's catch up kind of combo. Because I don't think he you knows maybe what I've been up to since then. Because I I've certainly evolved from my role at the time where I was more like an art director designer, and there was like a creative director slash copywriter that I worked with. So I was kind of working in tandem, and I learned a lot from. You know the 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 sort of a very different school of thinking, right? You know, not that I was really exposed to proper kind of agency agency modes of thinking at the time either. But it was just sort of like it was a little bit more homegrown, and people who didn't give, you know, they don't care about the bullshit. They just want to like do good work and get it out there. And, you know, Jeff so, Ross to me was like a guy that needed to get shit done. You know, he was like in a uh, uh, in a small space. He sell fucking cans and whatever he was selling, and he knew to do it. <laughs> With some creative ads, he was an ad man. He's an ad he, man. Make, he needed to make it happen. So, and, and he wanted zeal. He didn't. He didn't want like, like, oh, I'm going to give you one ad every 15 minutes. He was like, I need this now. It's going to happen. This is my fucking deal. This is my schedule. He was a fucking great guy. And if mm. it didn't, you know, it was all about selling product. Yeah, that was uh, Jeff Ross. So he, he he was meaningful when it came to the creative, but he was very meaningful when it came to actually fucking selling and shifting oh. gears. Mm. And he, I mean, you you have to. I mean, that's that's part of the um the sort of the the, the I don't know the the silent army or the unsung heroes of any project is this the uh, people you know on the call phase doing the hard yards, yeah. you know, whether they're selling or the ones who are like you know. Just packing boxes if it's a you know 
direct to consumer. Oh, you, got, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of non glamour non glamorous work going on. You know, I'm that, kind that. of like measuring when you take a measuring stick out, you gotta go like, how much is the brand brand, and you are a big part of the brand, and how much was it the product? You know, because you you packaged that gold. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about that as well? Like, yeah. fuck you, Jeff sure. Ross. You know, you owe me your fucking eleven million dollar house on that fucking hill. And yeah, uh. you know, I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's nasty, but I'm saying the, the the package that you packaged it in was a big factor on people buying that product. It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of English football, right? And so, yeah. like, you know. In, for, for the for the sort of football gigs get into the technicals about uh, football strategy or whatever you know it's like you you kind of need people in those different positions and you can't really yeah you know you can you can have you can have Leo Messi in a team and and lose the game sure. you know what I mean? and so um, and that's the reality of it so the a lot of what informs what I do is actually like the commercial strategy and how that functions and it's actually trying to find the perfect perfect synchronicity between the commercial teams the creative teams you know, social media teams, whatever. And it's actually kind of finding out kind of harmonious um, understanding, you know, it, it really like kind of old school teamwork stuff, you know, so I couldn't separate, I couldn't say, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the most important player, someone else more important player, but you know, you need all of the above. So take, going back to Boring Outlook, for example, it's like, we do the packaging. Yes, you know, it's interesting and people buy and try. Obviously, if they don't like it, they're not buying again, you know? So very quickly, you can't really grow it off just some sort of hype, you know, facade yeah. that, you know, you, you're going to see through it, right? And that's not the what we would want, what we want to see happen. But the idea is that it can have this sort of snowball effect um, in that if you love it and, and then you, you buy the product and, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you tell someone else about it, there's a sort of organic growth that comes with that, you know? So yeah. I think that um, having great product enables me more running room to be more creative we feel like we yeah. can get away with more because we feel like that's a bit of a safety net because the product tastes really good or that in the case of boring milk because it's made in new zealand new zealand oats that's a completely unique thing that no one no one else can say right now so that's a bit of a safety net to go we're not going to stuff it up because those are true value you know that's a true value sort it's got of an intrinsic value like. yeah it's an intrinsic value and it tastes amazing and it like you know frosts amazing for your coffee and that's the thing that people mm. kind of can't get a head around because Morgan spent ages trying to perfect that, you know. So mm-hmm. um, it's all those things make our job way, way easier, you know, and it gives yeah. us room to be funny, to be creative, to be whatever, you know, knowing mm-hmm. that people are going to be very happy when they um, when they when they discover it for themselves, right? So um, so it just requires a team effort. I wouldn't I wouldn't say because uh, of me, you know. I mean, unless uh, unless of course we're talking about like mineral water or something, where I go, hey man. I think I might be the star player in the team because we're just selling plain water, you know, like then it's a sort of a different conversation. It's like a control experiment, right? So when right. I was doing stuff with Jeff, but we did the brand of the design for, for it was called 420, 420, it's like a water bottle. But I, I discovered sort of the power of design and marketing then. And like, wow, people are really excited about this water product, right? You know, that that to me is like a, it's like a, it's like a benchmark for, it's like a control experiment, exactly. Course, so you go, okay. Yeah, that's that's where you see there's more marketing than intrinsic product there because it's water. So, what about a situation where you've got um, water and then you've got an incredible smile like mine? <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> you do have, you do have a great smile. Yes. You got to give this guy some smile time. You know, it's like yeah. And <laughs> now, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is is that um, how do you endorse and how do you find influencers throughout the world? There's so many people smashing themselves online. How do you kind of like smash through the, the gutter stuff and how do you find your influences and all that kind of stuff if you're going for that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've, I've always just put surrounded myself with really great people and, you know, it's always like this sort of group conversation. Right? It's like literally you're turning around and going, hey, yeah, guys, do you know anyone? You know, it's a bit like asking your yeah. Facebook friends, anyone know a good plumber, right? So it's a bit like that where... I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in a, a, a good network-ish, you know, all around yeah. the world that I can perhaps find the answers I'm looking for. But there's no, I certainly haven't gone any, gone by any sort of formal process to, you know, to sort of like methodically have a formula constructed from outside in. But it's always just super organic, you know, like I've, I've, that's how I've hired my team and that's how I've, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's very unplanned actually. I'm, I'm a big fan of serendipity. Um, are you aware? Are you aware of your success? Like, are you like? Is it a burden? Or is, is that a good thing? Like, you know, I'm I'm aware that I'm the guy that started George FM, and that kind of haunts me all the time. But are you aware that all those brands that caught fire and are things today, do they burn in your background? No, I just um, I don't really see them as successes. Like, I just. I know that they mean something to some people, but it doesn't, yeah, I just keep looking, I'm always looking forward to the next project and mm. and something else I want to achieve or something else I want to learn, uh, you know, a mountain to climb, so to speak. At the moment, I'm really getting to like, um, you know, filmic storytelling, for example, which which I've been into for a while, but just it's a slight deviation from the realm of design uh, and, and documentaries, or, you know, so, I have a sort of like a creative itch to scratch and I just follow that. So I only really know, I guess, the step or two ahead of my feet at any time. Um, and I have a general you know, inkling of where I'm going, but I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not burdened by, I don't feel successful. You know, I go, there's lots more I want to do. And, you know, I don't, I haven't been happy with, I, I don't feel like I can rest yet, you know, and go, yep, um, I can hang my boots. I can, I'm do you have kids or anything? What's your deal? What's that? You have kids or yeah, I have a daughter. She's four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she's uh, she's awesome and uh, yeah. So um, you must feel like a legacy though, right? You know, so you know, a daughter. She's got all her life and yours and a partner. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Ah, uh, yeah, I know it sounds really boring. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think about that kind of stuff. Like, I just, like, I just, I'm just sort of going living day to day. Like, I don't think about legacy. I don't have a, an inflated sense of who I am or what I've done or what I'm going to do. You know, if if anything, it's like, okay, I'm here, then I'm not here. You know, and I try and leave the place a bit better than when I was, you know, when 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 I go or something like that. You know, so yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel any different from when I was starting out, and I still had the hunger. Maybe I'm with less insecurity than than I had 25 years ago. But that's a fucking. I'm, I'm still. I'm still kind of like. I don't have enough time in a day. I mean, maybe that's the thing now with more adult responsibilities. Is 
I don't know, I, know, I can't just go. Isn't it weird that like, the guy who says, I don't have any legacy issues, has got like, uh, I did Charlie's, I did, you can like, what, like, you know what I mean? You've got a Rolodex of success that you mm. can stand no one else against you. Like, you have incredible success. Like, like I was mm. saying, okay, I've done a lot, I've done some stuff, but you have done a lot of stuff. You are six years old. Right. Okay. I'm glad I'm glad you think so. I appreciate that. Um, no, no, you know, no. I'm, I'm, I'm being quite I've been quite honest here, like when I say yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know, this you, is how I feel done. about um, yeah. It's a, you I'm, know what? You know what? It's it's an awkward scenario to talk about because it's like shit, here we come. Like this is like uh, the the fork in the road. This is you have done some incredible stuff and now you have to face that and then but also you've done this incredible stuff then you're going to do tomorrow and what does tomorrow bring mate tomorrow's going to bring a lot i've got to i've got to hit the road on that note guys thanks thanks for uh, helping me norris Uh, i just want to say um thank you benny i just want to say what is tomorrow but is there an iconic brand that you can deal with next, you know what I mean? So what you've done now is all of that iconic brands and stuff, because the brands that you worked on are iconic. Mm. Is there a, a small brand that you like is, is bubbling up that you think could be the next big? The, the, I think that if you the success of those brands that we worked on in the past, being I, I guess being iconic is one measure of success right you know because that it has yeah. um you know it's grown and, and is known enough that um that it has some value and so i think that um that's what we were trying to do with a lot of the brands that we create is that they they just you know that they become not become normal but they become seen right you know so that they're part of your everyday experience you know wherever that might be and in terms of tomorrow um i think that we just have you know without talking about like what we're planning because maybe like the the things that we're planning are even bigger than uh yeah like you know they're sort of like we just sort of have bigger dreams and bigger goals i think and we and to do those things we need bigger partners you know so i think that i've done i've done my dash in terms of like a kind of like a small startup with minimal resources and you go launch it and then they they sell it and you go okay let's do the same thing for another brand but now i think we're looking at different goals and or maybe in categories that I'm unfamiliar with. So, you know, I think the joy of working with entrepreneurs is that they might come at me with a project in a category that I haven't really thought of before. Like, you know, prior to working on oat milk, I didn't know anything about oat milk. You know, I tried it once or twice. And and so it's a chance to sort of, like it is when an actor gets a role and you're like, oh, I'm, a, I'm gonna play a fireman in the next film, you know? So I better go and, you know, do some work experience, uh, you know, at a local fire, local fire brigade or whatever to, to, to understand the world that I'll be uh, inhabiting, you know, for the next six months. So I think it's the same thing that I have to inhabit a, a, a role, a, a, a world that we're helping to create something in. So the notion of genre, the notion of worlds, world building, you know, that's something that's quite fun, uh, especially yeah, look, if it's one I, you, you haven't I jumped think, in before. I think there's something like massive happening. And I think there's something you're not telling us about. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, there's there's so many sidebars conversations. For example, you know, um, along with this whole thing of being working in the shadows, like in 2017, we worked on 
you know, like uh, crypto related brands, for, you yes. know, based overseas and, um, you know, and um, that, that now has, a, I don't know, 20, 30 million, uh, 30 billion dollar market cap. Like I've, I've sort of stopped paying it, you know, like, you know, so that there are sort of, there are new projects that we're involved with now that are to do with Web3 or Metaverse. You know, we, we I'm still to, wrapping my head around it. You know? me, so that's you, different. When you do an agency, you think about here, New Zealand, or you think about the whole world now? The whole world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and a lot of um, a lot of the brands, that, so you take, for example, Stolen Rum or Charlie's or Boring Milk, yeah. or a lot of the things I work on, they they find their um, natural home um, overseas, you know. So I, I kind of make make and make these sort of scalable brands um, yes. that are designed that are, and optimized when it's in another environment. So for whatever reason, like I, I kind of have like a city, like a muse or a city, and I kind of imagine it there. Like um, like when I did the branding for, you know, you must know Dion Nash thing. Yes, over the yes, years. Right. yes. So I worked, so I worked on Triumph and Disaster, you know, for right, yeah, for, for, for Dion. And so, you know, when I worked on that, it's like I could just somehow, I, like, London was my muse for some reason. And, and you know, and then within a year, like, you know, they sort of got into suffrages in, in, in the UK and stuff like that. So, so the funny the funny thing with this, it's almost like future gazing, you know, like actually seeing where a brand could go from New Zealand. That sort of makes sense, you know. And um, uh, so, but I always have an international, I don't know if it's because, like, I'm a, I'm a migrant, right, to, to, hmm. to New Zealand. And so, for me, um, thinking globally sort of comes second nature because because um, I've had to move here as a kid and adapt and uh, you know and like learn, you know, meet new friends and you know so it's it's this yeah the, this this notion of the world being a bigger place um, sort of yeah comes comes with it I think when you're a, when you're a sort of uh, a migrant living in a new country I think so um, that's just always been how I how, how I how I've seen things. Um. Are you in love with a uh, person of the same race? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, <laughs> but um, I've actually, I've actually never, never dated someone uh, properly. Like apart from like maybe like high school yeah. romance type thing, I've never actually dated someone who was uh, Chinese, like Ooh. full Chinese before. Yeah, I've never. Um, I think it's more a case of like them not being into me as, <laughs> as a person. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, you know, yeah, it's just, uh, it hasn't happened. But yeah, I've always just, I've always just dated um, European or I guess there was a, I, I, I did go out with like a half Chinese um, or double Chinese, right? You know, you know, when you say like you're half something, actually you're double, you're both Chinese and European, so you're double. Uh, <laughs> double double racial, double racial, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like double rainbow. Double happy. Um, yeah. Are you uh, attracted to people that are ultra creative, or are you because you've got the creative vibe? You want someone that's real plain. I'm, I'm really attracted to people. What I really value is is people who are, who are who are kind of like that that are very critical minded, right? So, um, so, um, and so you know, if I meet someone. And I have a conversation with them, and I say something, and they don't take what I say at face value, and they go, "Yeah, I'm not sure about that." Like that would impress me, I think. <laughs> Just yeah. basically not believing me, <laughs> not believing yeah. me would impress me because, I yeah. That. So I, I sort of value, uh, yeah, I value like a, a curious, keen, sharp mind. I think, you know. 
to um to sort of spar with because I I'm, I'm a bit of an overthinker so you know that's probably my favorite sport more than anything is thinking too much. Um, Interesting. <laughs> um, do people know who you are? Like, are you like famous in your business before you actually start talking? Like, do people kind of go, "Oh, it's the guy that did all this kind of stuff"? Are you? Are you I don't know. Of? I don't. I mean, within within my my wee community, like designers, yeah. people know me a little bit because I've done like you know like talks and conferences and stuff like that. But generally yeah. speaking, I don't think people know who I am. That's good. You know. Yeah. I'm, I, like I said, I'm very happy being in the shadows, being the, the sort of El- Elton John songwriter, you know, just, just yeah. basically elevate someone else. That's sort of really job. That's, you know, that's my job, you know. Um, so I think if anything, like I think part of maybe uh, what we're doing this year is, and is actually, I'm probably going to, to, to sort of, represent what we do a bit more and, and starting to talk a lot more about how we work and it's like you know 20 years of of coming up with a you know my own methodology for how we create and launch brands and you know like that maybe maybe i'll put it into a book maybe i'll i'll do talks about it to sort of and it's uh it's there's this there's a certain at a certain point i have to be more visible i think for the for the sake of the team for the sake of, I think, achieving greater things than we have had in the past, you know, and to to collaborate with other like-minded um, companies or individuals, or, you know, so sort of make. So I think, so this, I think, uh, there, you will see a lot more of me. I think um, in, in the coming future, as I go, okay, I'll, fine, I'll I'll stop hiding in the shadows and come out. But so, um, uh, just in there, are you someone who's going to follow the rules? Like, you know, it's going to be like. Well, that's what the government says, and be kind. Or are you? How, how do you? How, how are you going to tackle social? What's your gut feeling here? No, just not like how are you going to do it? You know, ABC. What's your gut hey, what do, when it comes to social what, what, media and your company? There's a um. There's a there's a uh, there's a joke about designers. Um, but you know, one of those ones that go, um, you know, how many designers does it does it take to change a light bulb? Yeah. And um, and the and the answer is, uh, um, does it have to be? Does it have to be a light bulb? You know, right. Like, and so it's like basically designers are constantly questioning and asking why. You know. Mm-hmm. So when a, when a client comes to you and says, "Hey, I need you to do me a logo. It needs to be blue," because I'm an accountant and that's what we do. And then you you know, the first question is, does it have to be blue? You know, does it? Um, is blue the only option to say what you need to say? You know, so I think designers by nature and design thinking, you're always interrogating what is presented to you as the norm or the rules, um, because you're trying to solve the heart of the problem um, that is actually before you, as opposed to what someone says is the problem. Right. So it's a difference between like if you're again like a doctor, you know, it's one thing to say. I, I checked out with MD and I think I've got this. So can you prescribe this? You know, versus you tell the doctor your symptoms and the doctor figures out what the actual root of the problem is. Right? And so the heart of design thinking is like that. I think. So there's no like one size fit all where, you know, if if the, if it makes sense following rules, you follow the rules because the structure works and play it straight. Other times we have to break the rules because it makes sense, you know. So when we come up with a strategy for a brand, sometimes you go, it's not going to work if we do it that way. We're just going to flip it, you know. And I think it's um, and and that's that's the nature of, yeah, that's that's the nature of the game in some ways. So when you when you're exercising, design thinking and critical thinking, do everything, and just going, 
what is the most optimum version of that thing? You know, what's or, or if you have an idea, what's the best way of expressing that? Idea? So if you if you um, had to create a, a design with someone you hated, you're like, oh my god, I'm creating a design for Hitler. And right. how do you sit well, with that? I thankfully I, I haven't I haven't um, you know because I, I you know I work for myself. So if hmm. if it doesn't work. Um, the relationship, like it, it goes south pretty quickly, you know. I mean, and there are times that the, the chemistry is just not 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 there. And you know, yeah. as recent as like a project we did last year or three months ago, you know, just this is no chemistry, and every everything we propose it gets knocked back. And because you know, we're just from a different world, you know, not not that we have to do work for other creatives necessarily, but you know, when we have great synergy and chemistry, it's a really enjoyable experience for everybody, um, and and it shows in the outcome. So yeah, it does happen. I mean, for, for sure. And the, the challenge is, I think, to identify those really quickly, right? So you go, oh shoot, you know, I'm glad we had that. That I figured it out on the second date, you know. So yeah. before you're like eight dates in, and you're like, oh no, you know, it's like, how do you kind of undo this, right? You know, we already built this project, and what do we do? Um, so we're trying to read each other very quickly to work out whether you know you're going to be working together, you know, in the near future. So. Um, yeah, life's too short, you know. Like I think you, you, you try and we try and find just yeah, we try and find just to have great chemistry with all our clients. You know, is is the goal I reckon. Like to okay. in, in every project. Yeah. Well, you're always going to be in work. You're always going to do some fake, fucking fantastic stuff. And you're going to be pushing the boundaries. Thank you so much for being a Kiwi and sharing the <laughs> story tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks, Lena Thane, Benny. All right. Pleasure to share my Thursday night with you. Yeah, <laughs> here it is. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Have a good night. Cool. Right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Here he is. Uh, Calvin So is a creative director of a massive um, advertising agency. That's a show tonight, everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I put a T-shirt on finally. And uh, I just want to say to all of us here, and uh, talk back a very good evening to you.